Wendy's has unveiled a uh, pumpkin frosty. I don't know. That's if your home girl. I love Wendy's. I got to tell you, though. Culver's is really great, too. Mm-hmm. Now, I live in, in Republic. I went in. You know, I, I used to be somewhat indifferent to burgers, but I don't know. Over time, it's changed a bit to where I like them more. I think my mother-in-law, my mother-in-law, she'd eat a cheeseburger every day. She's like wimpy from Popeye. I mean, she'd just eat a cheeseburger. I, she had some sort of, it was a few years ago, procedure done. I forget what it was. It, it was a, I think it had something to do with her heart. And the first words when she woke up, First words out of her mouth was, can I have a cheeseburger? I mean, she just loved And I, I don't know if it's somehow that's uh, affected me to where I like, really like. But so we, anyway, and I was, you know, familiar with Culver's. I just didn't, Culver's used to do fried chicken. Not just chicken, but bone-in fried chicken. And that's what I would get there. This was maybe 12 years ago or so. And then they stopped. And so I just really didn't go there any longer. Then the Culver's open in Republic. And so, oh, let's go through it. And I mean, these are freaking good. So it's, I, I you know, it, I, it's not an easy decision for me. Um, but Wendy's is still, love me, love me some Wendy's. She's still your number one. I still love, love her. <laughs> I love Wendy. Uh, the pumpkin spice frosty. So here's the thing about it. Here's why I mention it. It's just obligatory this time of year when it comes to pumpkin spice stuff. And I don't know when that happened. It's just, it kind of went crazy all of a sudden. And now it's a, a thing. We all know this. We see this. Like, oh, when the pumpkin spice latte, this pumpkin spice latte. So I, I haven't had the, and I'm not one, it's weird because I feel like I used to really like pumpkin stuff. And I don't know if I just got turned off by all the, uh, overexposure of it so now I'm just I'm a little more indifferent to it and that just may be the natural course of things as you get older your taste buds change your cravings change I haven't had the pumpkin spice frosty but I read a review and the review noted that it that it was this was one review that it was good they liked it uh it wasn't as pumpkin-y as a lot of pumpkin spice things it was more subtle and I thought well there's some people that do like the pumpkin spice but sometimes it's too much like oh it's just too sweet and so for those folks uh you know you may want to try the frosty I just I thought that was a notable thing I might try it because I don't like the too sweet I'm not a real sweet kind of guy uh in fact the person this wasn't a this was a reviewer. I don't remember what website it was, but they, they were they do food reviews. And they noted that it almost reminded them a bit of eggnog, kind of with the nutmeggy taste, which, of course, is also something that comes along with pumpkin spice. So if, if you do like some pumpkin stuff, but sometimes you feel as if it's overdone for your taste, you may want to try that. I think that's available now. They also reviewed, there was an iced pumpkin spice coffee. That sounds and, good. Yeah, and they, uh, this, again, it's just one person's opinion, uh, noted that, yeah, it was pretty good too, but they didn't feel as if it was on par with the pumpkin spice frosty. Mm. That's what they said. And maybe they're not a coffee person, I don't know, but just thought I'd throw that. Of all the things we've talked about, we got to get some important things in there, of course. Must certainly do so. Uh, throughout the show, I've mentioned this 
theme, which is something that we've noted, especially over the last few years, that Democrats, they change the meaning of words, you know, we're, you know, particularly when it comes to gender, even words like success or secure. You know, they tell us the border is secure. Uh, we're being told that the money paid in exchange for releasing hostages in Iran is not ransom when that is by definition ransom. But another get get prepared. And you may have already recognized this, but evidence is another word <laughs> that the Democrats and some establishment Republicans have evidently altered the meaning of. Now, here's the brilliance. Also, they don't just they, they don't alter the meaning of words as much as abandon them. So they don't necessarily say, oh, here's the new definition. They just claim the definition that is the definition is not the definition. So, you know, if you ask them, well, what is the definition of a woman? Well, I can't really say. But I can tell you what it's not. It's not that. It's not what you think it is. Well, what's the definition of a secure border? What, what, what is secure? Well, you know, we can't really give a, a definite definition, uh, but, but we can tell you what it's not. You know, they, 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 so it's not so much redefining words as much as abandoning the definition. And evidence is another one, and this is in the context of Joe Biden, corruption, impeachment, impeachment inquiry, and keep being told that there's no evidence. Well, there's no evidence. Chris Christie, establishment candidate. Well, he hasn't seen any evidence. Well, what the hell is your definition of evidence? Again, much like I did with the word ransom earlier, I just thought I'd pull up what a definition, a definition, the definition of evidence is. And it says the available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief or proposition are true or valid. So in other words, it's something that you can go, okay, see this thing here? This is why I believe this. So just to give an example, as oftentimes, you know, the spelling bee, can you use the word in a sentence? When Hunter Biden complains to other family members that he has to give his dad a cut of the payments that are coming from China or Russia or wherever else. That is evidence that Joe Biden is receiving that money. Now, evidence is different than, you know, actual complete fact, because, of course, perhaps Hunter Biden was lying about that for whatever weird reason. He was lying to his family on the numerous occasions he complained about having to give his dad a cut. And his family, for some weird reason, uh, never responded with, what? You're doing what? Why would you do that? They all seem to understand it. But that, that, is, that, is, that is evidence. That is the available body of facts. That is a fact. Hunter Biden has complained in emails and text messages to his family that he has to pay his dad a cut of the money that he's getting from these other countries. That's a fact. No one denies that. So the definition of evidence, the available body of facts or information indicating whether a belief or proposition is true and valid. Now, again, that indicates that Joe Biden is. Now, indicating doesn't mean it's absolute proof, but it points to. That's what indication is. It's kind of suggesting or pointing to. By definition, word for word, Hunter Biden complaining that he has to give his dad a cut of this bribery money, that is evidence. Now, that's just one example. 
yesterday, Freedom Caucus Chairman Scott Perry was asked by a, a reporter, you know, well, uh, there, you know, there's no evidence, you know. <laughs> and so he starts ticking off things, among others, is that all of these people live in homes that they should not be able to afford. The Bidens live in homes that you should not, that that you cannot afford on the salary of a congressperson, a senator, or the president of the United States. Now, again, that's is it proof? No, but proof is different than evidence. Evidence is what is compiled in an effort to get to proof. And so we are watching this Orwellian world created by the left where yet they are taking another word and stripping it of its meaning by declaring there's no evidence, there's no evidence, when by definition there is evidence all over the place. The latest news update. Good morning, I'm Cutter Tim's Jesse Inman. Here's a look at what's making news on your Wednesday. A man is recovering from a gunshot wound this morning after being shot in North Springfield last night. Around 9.30, Springfield police say a man was shot in the leg near National and Turner. Those injuries are believed to be non-life-threatening and no suspect is in custody right now. A Rogersville man is sentenced to 25 years in prison without parole for exploiting two children. Jake Patterson pled guilty in December. The investigation began in June 2021 when Canadian law enforcement seized two cell phones that had a Snapchat conversation with Patterson who had shared child pornography. Patterson later admitted to producing the explicit images and having more on his cell phone. For Color 10 News and Fox 49, I'm Jesse Inman. First alert forecast sponsored by St. Clair of the Ozarks Home Improvements from Color 10 Fox 49 meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Mostly sunny, 77 for a high today. Tonight, clouds 55 and sunshine 78 tomorrow. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. And now a moment with Sarah Myers. Thank you. Well, there is a good chance that many of you out there, that you don't need a new roof right now. But whenever an unexpected issue does pop up with your roof, it's important to have the name of a great company that can help you out. And that's why I love to tell you about Josh and his team over at the Pyramid Roofing Company. Now, the Pyramid team, they make the roofing uh, process as stress-free as possible. Whenever you call them, they'll come out, they'll do a free inspection for you. They'll check your vents, your gutters, the whole nine yards, and then they will work out a plan that will work for you. And it doesn't matter if you need a whole new roof or you need just a simple roof repair. The Pyramid Roofing Company, they're going to be upfront and honest with you and they'll get you all taken care of. So whenever you do need a roofing company, you can find all of the contact information for the Pyramid Roofing Company. All of that's going to be housed under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. Tomorrow at this time, we will have an author of the week sponsored by ABC Books in North Glenstone. I, of course, I always recommend you listen to the segments, uh, but uh, tomorrow I think is going to be a great one in particular. The author is uh, Jason Jimenez, and the, the, the book is Hijacking Jesus, and it's about progressives hijacking Jesus in the church. And it is, on the surface, you may you think of these scenarios where, like, Jesus would be a socialist. Jesus would march with Black Lives Matter, which, of course, is all absolutely ludicrous. But it is much, much more than that. And I cannot encourage you enough. Uh, he, I, the, the, Jason Jimenez is he's a thinker, and I just, you know, he's one of those folks that you can listen to 
Um, and we'll talk about he's got a couple of sites and uh, that really make you think about things. And, and I just love that, that sort of thing. And so I'm looking forward to talking with him tomorrow around this time about his latest book. He's got an, uh, a number of different books out and uh, would encourage you to tomorrow morning listen as we do that Author of the Week, sponsored by ABC Books on North Glenstone. Uh, Speaker McCarthy yesterday announced he's directing House committees to open impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Now, this is different than impeachment. Impeachment inquiry. So you may say, well, what what difference? What, what is that? That allows for certain additional authority when it comes to investigating that is not necessarily afforded outside of impeachment inquiry. There are some that have argued that. The obstruction from the Biden administration when it comes to a lot of these subpoenas investigating corruption with involving Hunter and Joe Biden and others, in which, like the FBI, for example, has just said, uh, no, because that's an ongoing investigation. There's some that, that have argued that if the subpoenas are issued under a impeachment inquiry, then that stonewalling, that obstruction probably would not hold up in court. Because impeachment allows for, or you know, um, some additional authority from those that are uh, looking to acquire such information, and so that is one of the benefits of it. But it's also an official. Okay, we're going to now officially, in the context of high crimes, misdemeanors, bribery, and treason. That that those are the, the the offenses that require impeachment. That in that context, we are going to officially start gathering information and using our impeachment inquiry powers in order to do so. Now, of course, we continue to be told, despite the definition of evidence, that there is no evidence that well and if you notice they're changing it's gone from no evidence that joe biden knew about hunter biden's dealings to of course well no he he didn't have anything to do with the business dealings to there's no evidence uh connecting biden to the money or corruption to now they're they've shifted to no direct evidence so they uh, they know that the whistleblowers are there they know the paper trails are there so they're changing it up so that they can say well there's no direct evidence here is yesterday Freedom Caucus Chairman Scott Perry, who is discussing the impeachment inquiry, and he's asked by a journalist a question that of you know is coming from this absurd notion that there's no evidence that anything's going on here. First off, what actual evidence do you have as opposed to allegations to show to the American public that would merit an actual impeachment inquiry of? Joe Biden and prove that today isn't just about some of you. Oh, I don't know. McCarthy for the sake of enacting political revenge. Uh, well, th this isn't about political Trump. revenge. We have the bank accounts. We can see, ma'am, you can see that the homes that the Bidens own can't be afforded on a, on a congressional or Senate salary. You also understand that it's not normal for family members to receive millions of dollars from overseas interests. Those things aren't normal. That's not normal to have 20 shell companies. These things are not normal, and it alludes to 
not only just widespread corruption, but money laundering, if not influence peddling itself. And we also have the president, on, the vice president at the time, on record saying that the prosecutor was fired. Well, son of a bitch, the prosecutor was fired, right? Because the prosecutor was going after the, the company that his son was working on. That's what we have. If you can't see that, if you are, if you are that blunt, look, I'll turn it over to the attorneys. People can't see that. They think it's political it's revenge. It's because you don't report on it. Uh, 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 you're not, so we're reporting think... on it today. All right. So Ari's listing through a number of, uh, of course, we could sit here and, and spend three hours with the LLCs that were set up, with the communications, the whistleblowers, the people that had firsthand knowledge, um, <clears throat> the... Uh, the 70 plus red flags from the Treasury Department saying something is wrong here. This looks like money laundering. We could just go over it over and over and over again. But I know most of you, you fully recognize this isn't about whether or not there is evidence. There is just about is the truth going to uh, going to be the victor of the day when all this is said and done. At the end, the final exchange there in which her claim as a journalist is, well, but people, you know, people don't think that there's any evidence. And he, in his frustrated utterance, noted the obvious, and that is, that's because you people don't report on it. They create this self-fulfilling narrative that no one sees any evidence. They, they present the story as if there is no evidence. So they will put Democrats on record over and over and over again saying there's no evidence, there's no evidence, there's no evidence. Then they'll grab people like Chris Christie that are Republicans to say there's no evidence. I saw it last night, Jessica Turlow on uh, The Five, when it came to her defense, her only defense in any of this of the Biden administration was, oh, here are Republicans who say they don't see evidence. She didn't counter any of the facts. She just said, look, here are Republicans. So they write up stories that say that. They they don't actually report on the facts. They report on the narrative as if they are facts from the Democrats claiming that there is no evidence. And then they provide that to their readers. Then they go to their readers and say, well, what do you think about this? And based off the information that those news outlets get them, give them, they're like, well, I don't really, I don't think there's any evidence. And then they use that as part of the story to go back. Well, people just don't see any evidence. And, and you know, what he, that frustrated utterance again is that, because that's because you're not reporting on it. <laughs> of course they don't. If they're your readers that you're going to and talking to, yeah, they probably don't. couple other uh, points of interest on this coming up here. Uh, Comer has said that he has leads on tracing the $10 million bribe that Joe Biden uh, allegedly accepted. And he's also demanding the State Department explain their sudden decision leading to the firing of the Ukraine prosecutor probing Burisma. Now, this is important because this is something we've known for a very long time. But it's come back to light because of a European memo that was released. So those things plus more coming up. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. House Oversight Committee Chairman James Comer said that he has leads on tracing the $10 million bribe that President Joe Biden allegedly received. The payment is in this $10 million that we know exists. I mean, 
There's no doubt this existed. These are bank records. Uh, still, there has not been any explanation as to what the money was for. But again, to the left, that's not evidence of anything. Receiving money for doing nothing? No, no, no. That's not evidence of corruption. The payment is documented on the FBI-generated FD-1023 form, which was released, of course, by Grassley in July. This is where a confidential FBI informant informed the Bureau that Zelensky, the head of uh, Zolchevsky, rather, the head of Burisma, um, had funneled the $10 million to Joe Biden when he was vice president and $5 million to Hunter Biden. So uh, he's, he's saying that the information that he has so far is that they believe that there are offshore accounts uh, that this money was funneled through. Also, he is demanding the State Department explain the sudden decision leading to the firing of the Ukrainian prosecutor. Now, this has come back up because of a memo that was revealed recently um, in this European uh, authority that is monitoring corruption in Ukraine. And the lie, the apparent lie, that we've been told all this time is that the reason Joe Biden uh, threatened to withhold aid to Ukraine unless they fired this prosecutor wasn't because he was investigating the corrupt company his son was on the board of, but because he wasn't, right? This is what we're supposed to believe, that because he wasn't going after the corruption of his son's company enough, that's why they that he was threatening to withhold the funds. The problem was, we all re- we know, that the Obama administration had sent several emails and memos to the Ukrainian government telling them this prosecutor is doing a great job cleaning up corruption. The money's going to keep flowing. And last week or the week before, there was a, Euro- a memo from some European countries that, again, I forget the name of the exact entity, but they also observed and watched over Ukrainian corruption. And they, too, had issued a memo you know, during that same period of time talking about how, hey, things are going in the right direction. So everybody was on the same page that this prosecutor was doing a good job until that money went to the Bidens, and then Joe Biden made that threat. And so Comer, he's saying, okay, clearly there was a 180-degree turn here. We went from this prosecutor is doing a great job at cleaning up corruption to all of a sudden, no, he should be fired. What I want to see what information you have that explains why you changed your position. That's what I want to see. Traffic update. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. First alert forecast sponsored by Navant. Employee benefits that work from Color 10, Fox 49, meteorologist Tom Schmidt. Mostly sunny 77 today, partly cloudy 55 tonight, sunshine 78 tomorrow. If you want to watch the show when we are in studio, you can do so thanks to Springfield Wraps, who designed the KSGF studio and sponsor the live stream, which you can see on Facebook. Just look up 1041 Nick Reed. CNN is reporting, and I'm sure other outlets are as well, that the Biden administration has indicated, and I don't know if they have sent this or, or they just say they're going to send it, a letter to news executives of the major news outlets telling them that they need to ramp up scrutiny 
of impeachment, essentially, you know, telling them, this is what you need to do. White House, here's the CNN uh, headline, White House to send letter to news execs urging outlets to ramp up scrutiny of GOP's Biden impeachment inquiry based on lies. The White House plans to send a letter to top U.S. news executives on Wednesday, urging them to intensify their scrutiny of House Republicans after Speaker Kevin McCarthy launched an impeachment inquiry into President Joe Biden, despite having found no evidence of a crime. This is CNN writing it, of course. Ian Sams, a spokesperson for the White House Counsel's Office, wrote in the letter, according to a draft copy obtained by CNN, it's time for the media to ramp up its scrutiny of House Republicans for opening an impeachment inquiry based on lies. Now, is this not the exact same administration that just had an injunction put against it from from the Fifth Circuit Court, just one court under the Supreme Court, telling them that they have to stop trying to influence, now it was specifically social media, for doing this exact same thing. And much of this was due to, uh, of course, you've got a number of attorneys general. We had uh, Missouri Attorney General Andrew Bailey on yesterday talking about this very thing that they that he had been pushing on behalf of Missouri and this this censorship, this pressuring of social media to and and the the judge in the blocking, of the White House was very, you know, specific. And I don't have, I had it in front of me yesterday. I don't have it in front of me today. But it wasn't just, hey, don't threaten them. It was, you can't do this. You can't do that. You can't, it was basically covering all the bases they could think of or the court could think of, you know, in terms of, okay, how are they going to try to get around this ruling? How, you know, what ways will they try and make it be known to the media companies, the social media companies, this is what you need to be writing, this is what you need to be censoring, this is what you need to be flagging as disinformation. And so the courts have said, you have to stop doing this. This is sort of a First Amendment issue. And so these people are so brazen that on the record, here you have a person from the White House on the record to CNN saying, oh, by the way, we are sending a letter to the executives of these media companies telling them they need to ramp up their criticism of Republicans. I I, I guess we got it. I mean, it's just one lawsuit after another in order to protect freedom of the press in this country. I, I don't recall, but I suspect... That that ruling blocking the administration from censoring um, information, be it from news outlets or otherwise, was specific to social media. But apparently, and and the reasons are the same, so the application should be the same, whether it's social media or if it is just over-the-air media, if it's you know CNN, MSNBC, NBC, ABC, all of those, particularly given ABC, CBS, and NBC, because those are over the public airwaves. So you're talking about a whole different ball of wax there. You know, when it comes to cable, these are networks that, or Dish Network or anything that you have to pay for, you know, you're, you're, you're dealing with a different situation in terms of regulations and, and so forth because like radio waves and things you can get with the antenna, those are considered public airwaves. And so a lot of the rules, like particularly when it comes to cursing, 
um, that you cannot, you know, you can get fined for by the FCC. Um, that is only applicable to stuff that is over the air, not things that you pay to get, like Fox News or U.S. Network, USA Network, or, or any of those. Uh, now, whether the there are implications because of that distinction, I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, the reasons that the courts have told the Biden administration that you have to stop pressuring social media companies for censorship would also apply to the, the rationale, the reasons behind it would be the same reason that you aren't supposed to be doing that in government against media outlets that are not social media. So I hope Attorney General Bailey, I hope, or, you know, whomever that the entities, the, the attorneys general, the whomever were responsible for getting things to the point where the courts forced or at least instructed the Biden administration to stop this sort of overt violation of the First Amendment when it comes to social media, do the exact same thing when it comes to regular media. I mean, these people are just so brazen. <laughs> You've got a governor of New Mexico who had just declared, well, I can eliminate parts of the Constitution if I want to. Okay, ah, that Second Amendment thing, yeah, doesn't apply any longer, at least for uh, 30 days. Claiming that, well, it's okay to suspend the Constitution temporarily. Well, temporarily could be 100 years. You could say because it's not 101. You have a White House that has been told by the courts to stop using their pressure as individuals in the government to suppress free speech and social media, and they are so brazen that they openly go to media outlets to broadcast to the world that they're doing the exact same thing with, with your standard media. I don't know how any elected Democrat, no elected Democrat who really truly believes in freedom of press, freedom of speech, any of those things who believe in the Constitution can can genuinely continue to support this political party. And any that do, they do not, they do not have a bit of concern or care, respect for the Constitution, for freedom of the press, freedom of speech, the Second Amendment. They can't, because look at them. Look at their behavior. Speaking of Attorney General Andrew Bailey, Yesterday he announced, and I, I, I'm guessing this came after we had him on air because it didn't come up. I didn't ask him about it. I didn't know about it, but I assume he would have brought it up. He announced his office is launching an investigation of Liberty Safe. This following the controversy that arose when it was revealed that the company was giving the codes for customers' safes to third parties, including federal law enforcement. As Town Hall reported earlier, Liberty Safe revealed it had, at the end of August, complied with a request from the FBI for the code to open a safe of one of its customers for who, uh, for whose property the federal agents had a search warrant. According to Liberty Safe, their, quote, company protocol is to provide access codes to law enforcement if a warrant grants them access to the property. Controversy ensued. Customers were outraged. Liberty tra Safe tried to smooth things over in an attempt that was not entirely successful, some labeling Liberty Safe as the Bud Light of gun safes. Inter-Missouri's Attorney General 
who points out that the FBI, quote, did not have a court order ordering Liberty Safe to provide the safe's combination. And his office is now investigating whether Liberty Safe is fully forthright with its customers about when and to whom it will grant access to their safes. Quote, in an era where the federal government weaponizes our national security apparatus against political opponents, the last thing we need is for a private company to sell out its fellow Americans under pressure from federal bureaucrats. He went on to say, I'm using every tool at my disposal to protect the rights of Missourians. The Attorney General pledged of his probe into Liberty Safe, just the latest in Bailey's work to protect consumers, quote, that's why my office is opening this investigation to ensure Liberty Safe is not deceiving its customers in its term of service. Springfield's Talk 1041 coming up, a whistleblower, yet another. This time alleging the CIA offered officials cash to change their view on the origins of COVID. You're listening to Nick Reed in the Morning on Springfield's Talk 104.1. Now a message from Sarah Mai. Thank you. Quick draw gun. Wanted to read a review for you this morning from Kimberly. She wrote, Quick draw gun is my go-to gun store. Brad and the rest of the staff are patient, friendly, helpful, fair, and extremely knowledgeable. I wouldn't go anywhere else. And I agree. I was down there, uh, I guess it was a couple of weeks ago now, and I purchased my first firearm. And I'm new to the firearm world. And so I had a lot of questions and Brad and his team, they did a great job educating me and helping me narrow down my choices. And I feel pretty confident with my purchase. And that is all thanks to the knowledge that Brad and his team gave me while I was purchasing my firearm. Now, uh, whether you are a collector looking to add to your um, collection or you're like me and you're new to the firearm world, Quick Draw Gun and Monet is the place to go. Uh, they can also help you restock on ammo. They have tons of accessories, and they also offer custom laser engraving and seracoding services as well. Now, you can find all of the contact information for Brad and his team under the Sarah's Endorsements tab at ksgf.com. A CIA whistleblower told Congress that the agency offered officials on a team investigating COVID-19 origins significant monetary incentive to change their position. From that, it originated out of a leak from the Wuhan lab to unable to determine the origins. I, I just, I don't know that there is any reason to believe anything that comes out of this government any longer. Not, not just any particular division or uh, almost daily we find out we've been lied to about something. Or there's a whistleblower talk, uh, talking about the falsifying of evidence or the bribery or the, I mean, you just go down the list. You know how there are people that you may know that you fully trust. And then there are people that, eh, like most of the time you do, but if you found out that they were dishonest about something, depending on what it was, you wouldn't necessarily be shocked. But then there are those people, like, don't believe anything they say. If words come out of his mouth, he is lying. He's just, you're just nothing. You, you don't even pay attention to what this person tells you because nothing, the only thing you can count on is that they're lying to you. That is where we are with the federal government today. Whether it, of course, is the White House, Department of Justice, the FBI, the CIA, 
the CDC, the FDA. You just go down the list. And then these are the people who portray themselves as the great arbiters of truth. These are the people who, in, 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 oh, of those I've listed, I, I believe in the last several years, each and every one of those institutions has been caught telling social media what it is that they should and shouldn't allow to be discussed on their platforms based off their determination that it wasn't true. The biggest liars of anyone. Fox News Digital obtained letters that House Coronavirus Subcommittee Chairman Bad Winstrup, Brad Winstrup and House Intelligence Committee Chairman Mike Turner sent to the CIA and a former official. Winstrup and Turner wrote to CIA Director William Burns on Tuesday, the Select Committee on the Coronavirus Pandemic and the House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence have received new and concerning whistleblower testimony regarding the agency's investigation into the origins of COVID-19. A multi-decade senior level current agency officer has come forward to provide information to the committee regarding the agency's analysis and the, the origins of COVID-19. The whistleblower told Congress that the CIA assigned seven officers to a COVID discovery team which consisted of multidisciplinary and experienced officers with significant scientific expertise. According to the whistleblower, at the end of its review, Six of the seven members of the team believed that intelligence and science were sufficient to make a low-confident assessment that COVID-19 originated from labs in Wuhan, China. The seventh member of the team, who also happened to be the most senior, was the one officer to claim he believed that COVID-19 originated through zoonosis. The whistleblower further contends that to come to the eventual public determination of uncertainty, which is what we were told, remember while we're out there being called conspiracy theorists because we don't buy the wet market BS, and the media is using as evidence, well, the government, they said that, uh, uh, that, that there's no evidence that it came from a lab, that they, that, you know, that, that they have investigators on the ground there. The whistleblower contends that to come to that public determination of uncertainty, the other six members were given a significant monetary incentive to change their position, in other words, to lie. Winstrup and Turner said the allegations came from a seemingly credible source and requires the committees to conduct further oversight of how the CIA handled its internal investigation into the origins of COVID-19. Again, this is the, the whistleblower is a multi-decade senior level current agency officer. So the way it's described, it suggests it's somebody high up in the CIA who has been there for a very long time. Springfield's Talk 1041. I'm Nick Reed. You're listening to Nick Reed in the morning on Springfield's Talk 1041. No longer do you have to traipse all over the place, spending hours and hours and hours and weeks and weeks and gallons of gas in order to 
make that brand new home livable with the countertops and the walls and the cabinets and the fixtures and so forth, right? Uh, when you're building a brand new home and you want it to have that certain feel, uh, you've got to make those decisions. And just looking at catalogs and online, it just isn't enough for most people. But at the same time, who has the time? Number one, to research, where's the best place to get this? Pro okay, now we're going to go to this over here, that over there. Okay, well, uh, on Wednesday, let's let's try and tackle uh, light fixtures. Okay, and then next Saturday, after we drop the kids off at soccer, let's tackle the counter. All our building company, all of it in one showroom floor. One stop for all of that. Aller Building Company, O-L-L-E-R. You can find them under Nick's endorsements at ksgf.com. I want to play for you. Democrat Senator John Fetterman's response when he was asked about his thoughts on the announcement of not impeachment, but impeachment inquiry. Uh, Speaker McCarthy has formally launched an impeachment inquiry. Has said he's going. To oh my God! Really? Oh my gosh! You know? Oh, it's devastating. <laughs> Ooh, don't do it! Please don't do it! Oh no! Oh no! Uh, I've got a couple of thoughts here. One: How is it that the most coherent thing this individual has said as U.S. Senator is that? You can actually understand what he's saying. Secondly, what I've learned is that when he does speak in a way you can understand what he's saying, is that not only does he dress like a 12-year-old skateboarder, but he talks like one as well. That is supposed to be a United States senator. And you didn't get the visuals because it's audio, but the visuals, of course, he's wearing his usual attire that a 12-year-old skateboarder would, and he's waving his arms around like a 12-year-old kid. What an embarrassment some of these people have turned this country into. The United States Senate was once seen as the greatest deliberative body on this planet. The place where serious people had serious conversations. And it has been taken down to the point where you have a guy who wears a hoodie and cut off flannel shorts, waving his arms around, acting like a 12-year-old boy. Well done, Pennsylvania. Can you imagine? I, this, is, this is the person. That the people of Pennsylvania chose over Dr. Oz. a surgeon who had the ability to communicate on a level that allowed him a very popular television talk show for years. When you recognize the people that Americans willingly put into office, we really honestly deserve what we're getting. We deserve to no longer be the greatest country on that. We, we have squandered it. Now, you get it, and I get it. Unfortunately, we're victims to the growing population of morons in this country. By the way, Senator John Cornyn, Republican from Texas, warning House Republicans not to pursue an impeachment inquiry of Biden. So here we've got the standard 
establishment Republicans siding with the media and siding with the Biden administration, working arm in arm to protect corruption. Now, their go-to is, well, it won't pass the Senate anyhow. So, again, this is the Republicans' way of doing things. Letting Democrats decide what Republicans do. Well, because, you know, Democrats won't allow us, won't give us the votes we need for conviction, so we're asking the House not to do their job. While Democrats don't give a damn in the end if they'll be successful, they you got to give them this. They fight for their convictions. Now, their convictions may be depraved. Their convictions may be all about power and dishonesty. But, man, they cling to them, and they will fight tooth and nail to fulfill those convictions, while Republicans, not so much. Well, you know, not really going to be able to do anything. How inspiring those people are. Glenn Beck's next. I'm Nick Reed. Talk to you tomorrow.